things I cannot control, I never waste time. I just do what I can control is control myself. What a woman. She has been CIO of, of State Street. She has worked as an engineer at NASA Space Program. And I don't think I have uh, had an opportunity to talk to anyone from NASA in my whole life. And she did all these things in the times when there were, there were no women hired at NASA. She never ever imagined, even her, in her wildest dreams, she had never imagined that she would be working on space program or she would be CIO of an organization, a chief innovation officer of an organization. Let's, let's hear it from her, how she did it and how she landed with such an awesome career. And maybe all of us can have that too. First of all, thank you, Madge. Thank you for being here. We consider ourselves extremely blessed to have someone like you with us. And not just me, but a lot of other people have this question when they go through your, uh, uh, when they go through your career journey that uh, you were in IBM's, IBM's NASA space program. I am pretty sure you were the only woman engineer there. We all wonder, how did you land there? Like, did you decide that you wanted to be in a space program? And, or did it just happen? Never in my wildest dream that it would happen to me. Nobody could plan that well. I was hired by IBM as a scientific programmer. But before the NASA assignment, I've done several projects already. Most of them are ahead of the schedule and, uh, uh, you know, always uh, perfect, no errors. And so when IBM had a need for some programmers to work on the last three Gemini flights, and uh, they start looking for people who can work on it, and they put us through a lot of the math, holding math tests. And I thought, I told my sister, I'll never get in. It turned out I was very lucky, even though I didn't do very well, but that's what they wanted, you know. They said my score was so high, you know, because they made it so hard, nobody would get the perfect score, you know, so they can select different people. And my husband and I both assigned to work on those three flights. I was very good coder, so they put me on the operational program, you know, the rocket start up, right? They take off and they detach it relative motion, right, with the lunar module, and then they rendezvous, re-entry to the Earth. And uh, there are all these flights, 15-digit decimal, and uh, it got to be perfect. And my husband did the ground simulation. As you, you know, circulate the orbit, aerodynamics will impact the speed that I calculate. So we have to consider that, and literally, it has to match, his simulation has to match with my programs, you know. So uh, the, the guy told me, if you make one mistake, astronaut could die. And it was really scared because I was young, I was inexperienced. I thought, why they put such a burden on my shoulder? You know, somebody's life is in my hands. So I learned three things from this project. Innovation, because I was working on tiny GE computer. In those were days, IBM has the 360. 
It was a huge machine and right, all the equipment. And I kept thinking, why not they run the business on this small machine, right? Everybody thought I asked dumb questions. But if somebody took it seriously, we would have open systems long on top ago, right? And second one is speed. They told me that we need it by Monday. Even if they gave us the change Friday night, guess what? We don't go home. We just work and work until it's done Monday morning so we can deliver it. Third one is zero defect execution. Because one mistake, an astronaut could die, of course. I cannot afford to make any mistake. So we keep testing, testing. The error routine is most of the code is what if this happened? What if that happened? What if this? So sometimes I see things happen. I always say programmers didn't think of all the possibilities, right? So you need to think of all kinds of incidents could happen. How do you handle it with the computer? You know, so that was the best assignment. It guided me throughout my entire career. It's like, one, it's really scary. And in spite of being scary, it's like a dream come true. Yes. I mean, anyone would love to have a job like that. So I have another question, which is about your next part of your career, which was around innovation. You were CIO of State Street. It's such a brand new field. And how did you get into it? Because you know, or that you know, when people try to hire someone for innovation, a lot of people still don't know what kind of person they are looking for. And in that kind of circumstances, to get to get hired as a CIO is very exceptional. How did you get there? Let me. You have quite many a different questions. Yes. Many questions there. <laughs> Let me first thank you for your compliment, but I wasn't brilliant. I was a very ordinary person. This is why I hope the viewers will learn as an ordinary person, how can you make the best out of your career, achieve extraordinary results, okay? Now, if I said luck, I, you know, I told my husband, I love to tell people I was just lucky. Luck is one thing, it's opportunity. What opportunity come to you? But you better be ready to accept that. Also, many times, you're on the crossroad, like they say, imagine we're going to assign you to this project, right? Now, the, the good thing is, wow, I'm excited. The bad thing is, they say, you got to pack and go to Owego, New York, IBM location. IBM has a whole division called Federal Systems Division. They work on NASA space program. There are three buildings. Gemini, Apollo, administration buildings, you know, there's a rotunda in the middle, you know, for those of you. So you're going to live in a motel there and all those things. And then you say, oh, wow, it was winter time, I remember that. It was so cold, you know. It took us, first trip, took us 12 hours driving from New York City to Owego, you know, and to get there. We, we literally drove the whole night, you know, to get to there Monday morning. So some of the sacrifice. So how do you have a judgment, make a decision? You could say, no, I don't want that assignment, right? Or you want it, you get excited, you know. Usually with me, that's the innovation. Part of the nature is I was excited. I'm going to put up with all these inconvenience, right? And all that, you know, there were a lot of challenges, okay, with this trip. 
But I said, okay, I'm not going to worry about things I cannot control. I never waste time. I just do what I can control is control myself. Right, work hard. Now, you can't prepare to be an innovator or that, but I redefine innovation because I used to think it's invention. You got to be Einstein, which my husband always wanted to be Einstein <laughs> or something, but I wasn't, so I thought I could never be. But inventor and innovator, they're different. I define innovation as any change you can make to create business values. Most importantly, everyone can be an innovator. You need to have attitude to adapt to yes. changes and excitement for changes. Yes. And if you want to have a career in innovation, you just need to show how you are going to create the business value for whoever that you are going to work with. And you told your friend's example, brilliant. Mm -hmm. And makes total sense. Now all of us just need to work on the business case and to figure right. out what 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 problems matters to the company that we want to work with. Right. Thank you so much for sharing Thank so you. much with us today. I'm so honored to be a, a part of this uh, series.